0: Thank you. Welcome to the C3. Come on, let's church get these guys one podcast. more hand. You guys can stay grab your tuned seats message. This week's message. so good. All right. We've got some people away. Why don't we why don't we just move in a little? Brad Casey shift over here a little bit. Come and shift in here. Look. Coals that are clumped together. Stay warm. I want to get cold in church this morning. This is so good. It is so good to have the college students with us. And just before we come around the word this morning, I just want to honor some people here. I just think this church is full of champions. You guys are phenomenal. And uh, I was thinking about Chris and Gary yesterday, you guys come along and doing the, the pancakes and helping us set up with that. And you know, you, it's, it's a blessing. And yesterday was unbelievable because we've been doing it every, the first Saturday of every month, going down the river, giving out free pancakes, putting our sign up. And people are coming back going, you realize we come every, every first Saturday of the month to come and get pancakes from you guys. And so people are starting to recognize one guy came along Uh, and he didn't even take any pancakes, uh, but he just started talking to us. Then he walked off, and then he came back and said, can you guys all get together around this? I need to take photos of this, uh, because what you're doing is phenomenal, and the community needs to know about it. I said, okay. He said, so I'm sending this into the paper. Uh, Can you give me one of your cards that tells me about the church? Uh, Because people just need to know that there are others out here that are just loving on Noosa. So I want to thank you. And like Bethany was saying, you're giving creates the opportunity to do that gives us the opportunity to go out into the community and just be love just you know one guy came past these two guys actually they had tats everywhere he's looking at me really funny and I thought you either like what we're doing or you dislike what we're doing but either way you're going to say something he said what are you doing I said uh we're giving away pancakes we're just trying to spread some love why oh we're we're just a local church and we just we just want to give away some pancakes okay and he walked off and then he came back again he pulled five dollars out of his pocket and said I want to give you this I said we don't have to, they're all free he goes I know but I want to give back and it was, it's like we're making a difference just smiling just being generous and giving our time and the students this week have just been magnificent uh, in everything they've done can we just thank them one more time and I know they're out doing stuff in the different rooms but just come with a beautiful heart and beautiful spirit to serve uh, but, church, I want to just say, let's not be outserved by those coming from interstate. Let's go, you know what? My heart is for Noosa. My heart is for where God's placed me. And Justin was um, praying before. He said, For such a time as this, and I don't know if you've ever read the book of Esther or the story of Esther, uh, but it's like, you, you can stay quiet. You cannot do anything. But who knows that for such a time as this, you've been put on this planet to make a difference? You've been put on a planet to bring salvation. And her actions caused the salvation and the, the, the saving of her people in 127 provinces of the then known world. So, you know, what we do, just even the smallest thing makes the biggest difference. And uh, if we all do it together, you know, I want to thank Cloda. Cloda is just a phenomenal woman. You, are, you know, you are, you are brilliant and helping us out in hospitality. She made the curtains for our, our van. You're just a brilliant woman. I love having you around. You're amazing. And... Uh, I just wanted to thank a few people this morning, you all do so much, but, you know, Justin and Ange on Friday night, you know, youth, and here's the thing, it's a bit of a grind, you know, turning up 3 o'clock Friday afternoon, setting the hall up, we do that on Sunday, we set up, we pack down, but Justin and Ange are just so sacrificial, they they give and give and give and give, Uh, and if you ever think, you know what, I want to bless these guys, can I encourage you, bless these guys, bless them with words, bless them with gifts, whatever you want to do, because they have been the backbone of this church since we started. Justin, and before we actually started, they saw the, um, as long as it doesn't poop on me, I'm alright, they uh, all get hit by the fans, but that's another story. Um, these guys saw the ad for, um, or, or our website, before we even started as a church, and it felt like God laid it on their heart to uh, move from Brisbane, North Lakes, up to here, to be with us, to start the church they're kind of just like our best friends and they just help us with everything to do with the church. So we love you. But as we were worshipping, I felt like God said your day of breakthrough is upon you. And you've, got, you've had big decisions to make, and I know of those, but I felt like a peace is going to come upon you. And, you're gonna, and And I always preach it, but God knows the end from the beginning. And I just got a picture of God standing at the end, looking back, going, it's all good. So just rest in peace. rest." And, and I literally saw rivers and I saw a boat. I saw you traveling, but not under your own steam. It was literally like you were drifting on the river of God. He was carrying you to the exact destination that he had for you. So we love you. Be blessed. Fantastic. Who's ready for the word this morning? Unreal. Hey, uh, who was here for Pastor Tim Phillip last week? If you weren't, I want to encourage you, listen to the podcast. It was sensational. And the title of his message was Surrender, but then he also had another title, which was Bringing the Battle. And they kind of, you, you think, man, are they working in opposition to each other, surrender and bringing the battle? But I don't think they are at all. Because the, the word says, he who would find his life must first lose it, or he would, who would you know, lift his life up must lay it down for God. And sometimes it's laying down, and this is what I want to talk about this morning, our desires, our will, our wants, so we can pick up the cause of Christ and move forward in it. So uh, the, the title of my message today is, Welcome. No, uh, the biggest words in the Bible. Everybody say the biggest words in the Bible. Bible. All right, good. You're with me. I like it. I like it. I just want to echo some of Tim's thoughts about bringing the battle. We're a men and women of strength. We're a men and women of power and, and, and authority. You have authority in your life. Corinthians tells you that the same spirit. That the God, you know, if, uh, um, the God worked in Jesus when He raised Him from the dead, is it in you? That same Spirit, says, this, the Spirit, we've all been given the same seeds of faith. It's, it's on the inside of you. 1 John says, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah. So you don't have to do life in your own strength. You don't have to do life under your own, it, you can do life according to the Spirit. And the words tells us not to put our things on, our mind on the things of the earth, which are temporal, but to put our mind on the things of the Spirit, which are eternal. But it's a choice I have to make. I either look at circumstance, and I look at storm, and I look at challenge, or I look to God. And, and, and you know, from Psalms, I, I always preach this, but I lift my eyes to the hills to where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. My help doesn't come from an earthly inheritance. My help doesn't, you know, come from, from you know, what somebody else, my help comes from God. And ultimately, when you're facing a supernatural battle, you need the, the sustenance, the, the, the sustaining power of the, the Spirit of God upon your life to carry you through. So I, I usually preach faith and I usually preach breakthrough and power, but I want to shift gears a little bit today because I think we put so much on to God do this for me that we forget that what He can do for us, He's already done for us through the cross, and now the rest is up to me. So what He's promised to me and what is available to me, I have to do something with. I have to take a hold of and I have to apply and walk in to see the fruit of. Amen? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. The Bible is useful. The Word of God will help you. If you don't read your Bible, I want to encourage you this morning, start reading your Bible start consuming the Word, start meditating on it, start speaking it, start believing it and declaring it over your circumstance to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Do you know sometimes you can, you can be a Christian and there are things that are wrong in your life? As you read the Word, those things will be illuminated. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but God will show you what's wrong in your life and what you shouldn't do, what you should adjust, what you should shift, so that you can step into His plans and His purposes for your life. Uh, It corrects us when we're wrong, it teaches us uh, to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. How good is that? See, there's people in the community that look on and think, God is just a God of rules and regulations, He's the ultimate killjoy, He just wants to take from you and stop you having fun in life. But what this actually says is He's good, and He's gracious, and He's merciful, and He doesn't want to condemn you or put weights upon you. He just wants to show you what's not right in life so that you can do life well. Because who knows, His plans and His purposes for our life are perfect. And that's what Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. That's God's will for your life, that you would prosper and that you would enjoy, you would be in joy every day of your life. You know, um, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, the Word of God is alive and powerful. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And what I love is, is, is the Word of God is our life directory. It's God's instruction manual for successful living. You, and, and that's what it said. be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and cro- only be strong and courageous, because I'm going to lead you into victory. I'm going to lead you into success. As you focus on my word, as you can, sh- as you take it in, it is going to lead you to success. You can literally follow the word of God. We follow a GPS when we get in our car. You can follow the word of God to successful. You want to live in success. You want to live in victory. You want to live in breakthrough. You can follow the Word of God to that very place. Because God is faithful to His Word. And, and, you know, it says, God is not man that He should lie. Yeah. The Word of God is true. You know, John 1, 5, uh, it says, uh, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So it's important to realize today that God and His Word are one. You can't separate God and His Word. If, if you read the Word, you'll realize that what He says is what He means. What, what the Word of God says is what God means and what He wants for your life. And if there's over 7,000 promises for God from God for us in the Word, I want to know what they are. Because the Word says, for the promises of God are yes, and through us, amen. Let it be done, God. Let it be done for my life today. And, um, but I, I was thinking that when you think about the biggest words in the Bible, what do you think of? Like, like what do you think of? What's the most important thing in the world? What, what's, what's, is it salvation? Because that's a pretty big word. Is it sanctification? Because that, that's a pretty big word. You know, the definition of sanctification is the actual process of requiring sanctity, of being made or becoming holy. To sanctify is to literally set apart for particular loo- use in a special purpose or work to make holy or sacred, that's pretty big, sanctification, is it justification, is it consecration, sacrifice or or breakthrough, what what do you think of, when you think of the biggest words of the Bible, what do you think of, Christian where the heck are you going with this, I'm going somewhere, just travel with me, I think the biggest words in the Bible are the words that require me to agree with God over my own wants and desires, because I want breakthrough. Bring on the breakthrough. I want the miraculous. God opened heaven, split the sky, send the lightning bolt, rain down money from heaven. I, 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 want the, I want the miracles. Miracles must be the biggest word in the Bible. God went to the cross, He rose again, now I've got miracles. My life is about miracles. I walk this earth for miracles. Do did, did, did you know what I mean? I honestly believe the biggest words in the Bible are those that I have to agree with when I don't want to, that I have to do something with for them to be appropriated in my life. It says in Isaiah 1.19, it says, if, that's not that big a word, <laughs> can't be that big, it's two letters, If, I. F, if, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If, okay, another one, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, amazing passage of scripture. If, I, F, Grant, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Wow, awesome. God's going to heal their land. He's going to hear their prayers. He's going to heal their land. That's unbelievable. That's what we want in Noosa. I'm sure when we read that, the first thing we see is, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. But preceding the miraculous, preceding forgiveness, is if and will. So God wants to, if and will, and the if and will is not up to God, it's up to us. So he says, this is what I want to do, because we want Noosa wonder Christ, we want revival on the Sunshine Coast, we want the power of God touching our friends and our neighbours. Melissa was you know, very nice before saying, I just want to challenge you nicely, who could you ask <laughs> and pray for to come to church before the end of the year? I don't want to ask you nicely, pray for somebody, bring somebody to church. Tell somebody about Jesus, because somebody did it for you. 24 years ago, somebody did it for me. My sister was hounding me. I was from Catholic background, went to Catholic school in the year 12. I, I'd had enough of religion, and my sister kept saying, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. She was going to C3 in Brooklyn. You need to come to church. You need to come to church. So just to uh, shut her up, I went to church. And then we're standing there, and, and they're, they're worshiping, and she's lifting her hands. And as she'd lift her hands, I'd grab her hand and pull it down. And then she'd lift her hands, and I'd grab her hand, and I'd pull it down. Because like, I'm... My sister's a nutbag. She's crazy. And then something happened. God touched me. And my eyes were open to the truth of what I didn't even know existed. But somebody did it for me. Can I encourage you? You work with someone, you you know somebody in another you there are people in our world that God, if and will, God will move. And there's power in surrendering your life to God's plans and God's purposes. Because Tim's talking about bringing the battle. Let's bring the battle. Let's bring the battle to Noosa. Well, bringing the battle looks like surrender. Because I surrender my life and my will and my wants to His. And then He does what He does because He is God. Is this all right? In the book of Jonah, we see an Old Testament prophet running from God. I, I know you probably all know the story of Jonah. But in Jonah 1, starting in verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amity saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me, but, everybody say, but. There's a whole lot of small, big words in the Bibles, right? So, we got the if and will, and then we got but. So, God wants something through the prophet. So, a prophet is somebody that is close to God. They're a God-seeker, they're a hearer, they're a seer. God speaks to them and reveals things for others, right? Here is a prophet, running from God, God says, we're close, you're a Christian, we're tight, I've got something for you to do, I've got a plan for you that's good for you, it's going to prosper you and not harm you, Any, anybody ever asked, been asked by God to do something, you go, that's going to take from me, that's going to require of me, I'm going to have to give out, I'm going to have to get generous, I'm going to have to turn up at Friday Night Youth, I'm going to have to do something that I don't necessarily want, just me. Um, But Jonah arose, so he got up. God said something to him and he he went to action. He he, he got up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So here's a prophet, here's here's a Christian, here's a a man of God who hears from God and then runs from God. I go, have I ever done that in my life? Yeah, because God's will didn't line up with my will. And what He wanted me to do, I didn't want to do. So I started going in the other direction. But it goes on to say, from the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, and he paid the fare. You've heard it before, but there's always a price to pay to run from God. There is a pri- You will pay a price. You, we, we will pay a price serving God, but you'll always serve a far greater price running from God. If you, if you know God, and you've heard His voice, and He's speaking into your world, and He's trying to lead you and guide you, uh, I, can, can I encourage you, just be obedient? Just, just do what God is asking you because the price you'll pay for running from his presence is always far greater than the price of serving him. And he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I don't know where he is. It says he went down to Joppa. So, he, so, so Jonah's somewhere and God wants him to go somewhere because God's heart is that none should perish. Do you know God is for Noosa? God is for the Sunshine Coast. And this is awesome But if this was jam-packed five times over on a Sunday, it still wouldn't be enough, because God's heart is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. He wants our community to know what we know. He wants them to experience the peace that we have that surpasses all understanding. He wants to know that there is miracles available, and there is the power of God present for their life as much as we have it. And and the funny thing about this story is uh, Jonah just didn't want to accept God's mission. You know Mission Impossible? this mission, this message was self-destructive, he didn't want to accept the mission that God had for, God has a mission for your life, you weren't put on this planet just to get and consume and breathe, you know, the God-given air that comes into your lungs, you were put on this planet to make a difference to every single person you meet and I was so pumped yesterday morning because we're gaining momentum with pancakes, and people were just open. And I think there's just a c- bit of credibility there because we're just consistent in doing it. First, you know, Amanda's done such a brilliant job with that. First Saturday of every month. And people will come past smiling. And, and, you know, they were saying to us what we usually say to them. They, they say, I oh, know I don't want one. I say, look, why don't you get one on the return loop? Well, they were coming up going, I'll get one on the return loop. And they just, you know, because they're doing their exercise, they're walking the path and then coming back again. But there is a mission for your life. And I want you to ask God, what is, God, what is my mission? What's my purpose? Yes, I will bless you. Yes, I will be with you. No, no one will ever leave you. But God, what is, what is my mission? Because when you've got purpose, you know, David, Tim was telling us, turned up to the battle. And he said, what, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? We have to live for a cause, and the cause should be Jesus Christ. The, the, the cause should be His name lifted high. And, you know, in Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness... And all of these things will be added unto you. So you'll never lack, you'll never do without. You'll have what you need when you need it, but seek Him first. Let the priority of your life be Jesus Christ, number one in your world, and His promise to you. What He declares over you, all Scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful, it's going to teach you. He says, all these things will be added unto you. In His timing, in the right season, when you need But God is not a God that detracts. He's not a God that takes He's always a God that adds into our world. Jonah didn't want to go down to uh, Nineveh because he knew that if these people repented, God wouldn't destroy them. He knew that God was gracious. is that weird? A prophet didn't want people to p- repent because he was happy with what he had. I've got the voice of God in my life. I've got the power of God in my life, I've got the breakthrough, I've got the provision, I've got what I need, I don't care and the story goes on that he actually got ticked to the point of saying God kill me now because he finally went down, we know the story, he he went in one direction, they had to throw him out of the boat because of the storm, a whale um, swallowed him up, he's in the belly of the whale, three days he cries out to God, God gets the whale to spit him up on um, on the beach and he says now go and do what I told you to do. I told you to do so. I told you to go to Nineveh. You went the other direction, but I'm going to get you to Nineveh anyway. God will get you. To... Do you know what? It, it is a frustrating way to live when you're running from God. Because yeah. He's relentless. Yeah. And He won't give up. But nor should He. Because He's about people, not comfort. Yeah. It, it, it is about the salvation of souls, not my contentment. He is about me being, you know, faithful to His faithfulness. But I love this because it goes in John, Then God saw their works. He went to Nineveh. He preached what God had told him to preach, which is just repent. You're sinning. We we live in a place where people don't know any better than to live the way they live. God wants us to go out into the highways, the byways, our town, our city, and just speak love and just speak truth and just speak that God is for you and not against you. And there is is a hope and there is an answer and there is a future that you don't have to, you know, wallow in, in despair, but there is another way. And he did it and they repented. And then it says this, Jonah 3.10, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster uh, that He had said He would bring upon them, and He didn't do it. Awesome. Awesome. 120,000 people gave their hearts to Christ. They turned around. The Bible says that they put on sackcloth and ashes, and they they stood, um, stood before God. It says that the king took off his royal robe and his crown. He got off his throne, and he served God. A a, a nation turned to God because a prophet did what he was meant to do. And watch the prophet's response. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Our Lord, was not this what I said to you while I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abounding in love and kindness, one who relents from doing harm. So he knew that the God he served was gracious and merciful, loving, and and one slow to anger. And he ran the other direction. He didn't want people to experience what he experienced. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're a prophet, Jonah. You say you love God, but you hate people. Really? I was like, I asked myself the question, could this be us at, at times? God, I love you, God bless me, God, I really dislike my neighbor, I really can't stand those sinners, could that be us at times, that I come and get, but I don't give, I come and consume, but don't pour out, 1 John four twenty. if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar, for he does not love his brother, who, if, if he does not love his brother whom he's seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? The salvation of 120,000 people upset Jonah so much that he asked God to kill him. I go, do I, do I allow my emotions to overtake my mission? Because I'm tired and I've got a headache and I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. And you know what? They're painful anyway. Those guys, they're painful. Oh yeah, 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 every, Everything's a problem. Everything's an issue. Everything's a, I'm not going to worry about them. No, God wanted the salvation of 120,000 souls. So he sent a man to speak a word. You know, the things of God aren't that hard to do? He didn't say, go and win every person one on one. He said, go and declare a message. What what God says, it takes effort, but it's not hard. It can be easy. And when we're looking for, for God, what have you got for me to do? God, what would you have me say? It flows. And it's not laborsome and it's not hard and it's not burdensome upon us we can do it therefore now O lord please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live then the lord said is it right for you to be angry is it right for you to be angry is it right for you to be upset that i've asked you to do this thing and the result is what i said it would be and i go christian check your attitude Christian, check your response because I go, I don't know if we're ever any different because I do what's easy and I do it but it's not always, you know, stretching me and I I know this is getting a little heavy and a little hard but I I don't want it to be that small. I want it to be an encouragement. We are bigger than we think we are. We have more authority than we think we have. We can make a bigger difference in our community than we think we can but it's going to take if and will. It's going to take me doing something in response. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So God will go before you. And like Melissa and Bethany said, you can't outgive God and you can't outserve God and you can't outsacrifice God. He's, he's the ultimate. He's done that and more. And the Bible says He went to the cross. He took our sin. He took our sickness. He took our shame. He took our guilt. He took it so that we could live free. But freedom costs something and freedom requires something. Is this all right? Trent will be here next week. It's going to be awesome, and we're going to be fine. When was the last time you stepped out in obedience to a word from God? I want, I want to encourage you. When was the last time God said something to you that was going to cost you something, some time, some emotions, something, and you did it? Because sometimes I think we go, God, I can't hear you. You're not talking to me. He says, Well, if you do the last thing I asked you to do, then you'll hear my voice for the next thing. Because I, I want breakthrough, and I want the miraculous, and I want the. But God says, if you, if and will, miraculous. If I'll hear. You. Anyway, that's, that's enough of that. Is this all right? I wonder if, as a people of faith, we've become so comfortable in our Christianity that we've forgotten the calling as Christians. Because I like this. And I like you guys. And I like worshiping, I like reading my Bible. I like, but I wonder if I've got so comfortable in that, that I've forgotten that that is for this, yeah. that that is to empower me, that is to inspire me, that is to energize me to go. Because yeah. Matthew says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. So, so it's ac- not actually Pastor Melissa asking you to, uh, to, to pray for someone and bring somebody to church, it's actually God. It's God saying, all authority is mine, go non-negotiable this isn't a this isn't a hey if you'd like to hey if it's convenient hey if it works out for you i know you've got a busy schedule man that's that's a big day I, that's <laughs> a big day it, he's saying i'm going to give you the opportunities i'm going to create the opportunities I'm, if you walk on my path you'll you'll walk on a path that that is full of opportunities for you to touch somebody else's life and you know what it's just the simplest things i remember there was a young guy i can't even remember his name now i was at oxford falls uh, and I had to take, I had to, my car was at the mechanic, and I had to get a lift from where we were working at church to the mechanic in Mona I thought, I'm just going to hitch, I'm just going to jump on the parkway, I'm going to throw my hand out, so as I'm running over, I climb this fence, but as I get there, my pants got caught on it, and they rip, so now I'm standing out next to the road, got a big rip down my pants, and I'm hitchhiking, and this guy comes along, and, and he, he goes, dude, what are you doing? And uh, I said, oh, I just need a lift to motorbike. Can you give me a lift? He goes, yeah, all right. No, no worries, no worries. He goes, I thought you were a bit weird. I got a, I got a baseball bat in the back. I was going to put one hand on it when I asked you what you're doing. I said, no, I'm, I'm not weird. We're fine. I'm <laughs> Can I still get a lift? And uh, he took me to motorbike, and we just started talking. Well, I felt like God say, just tell him Jesus loves him. I'm like, he's got a baseball bat. <laughs> he's got one hand on it already. I don't know if I want to. I said, "Just And I said, he started crying. I can't even remember his name. What was the guy that, that had the um, pacemaker? Oh, Anyway, he got saved in the car. He gave his life to Jesus. He goes, I'm one of the biggest drug dealers on the, on the peninsula. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of the biggest drug He goes, what do I have to do? I said, man, just come to church. He started coming to church, and he got radically touched. And all I did is just, I was just if and will. I just did, God said, so I did. And in, in doing what God said, I saw what God wanted to do. And it, it wasn't a big deal for me. It was just, I don't know what, why, man, but I feel like God wants me to tell you that Jesus loves you starts crying, gives his life to the Lord, drops me off at my car, I don't think I'll see him again. Sunday, he's, he's at church, half an hour early for church, he's standing on the forecourt at Oxford Falls. I said, dude, what are you doing? He said, I'm coming to church. He didn't miss a week. He died not long later because he had heart complications. But I thought, what if I hadn't been obedient, just to say Jesus loves you, to see somebody's eternity changed? And it, and it cost me something, but not much. You know, I had to do something, but it wasn't much, but we will see the fruit and the fruitfulness of God's Word when we step out in the biggest words, which are actually the smallest words that require me to respond. You know, Matthew 10, 38 says, And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, again, just another thought is, I wonder if it becomes so blessing focused that we've forgotten the purpose of the blessings. The power of God in Jonah's life wasn't for Jonah, only. God wanted to flow through him into others. Jonah here, hears from God, he's touched by God, he's close in proximity to God. The Bible says, draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. He'd obviously done that because God was speaking to him, but he didn't want it just to rest on him for him. He saw 120,000 others that needed him. He says, Jonah, because of what I've done for you, I want you to go over here. Jonah says, no, no, I just want to hold on to what you've given me. I just, I like this. I like the feeling. I like the closeness. I like the, ooh, the tingles. Ooh, chicken skin. Ooh, this is awesome. I'm going to go in this direction because it's more comfortable. It's not for us. God blessing you. God providing for you. God touching you is awesome. You know what it's for. Your salvation is its for other people. And God wants you to be a vessel that is filled and poured out. Filled and poured out. Filled and poured out. I think we read the Bible in part and stop when we get to where we... Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. Psalm 1, blessed is the man. I like that. I'm the man. I'm blessed. Come on, big daddy. Bless me. Pour it out open heaven, I'm the man, I'm blessed, throw in a bit of breakthrough, maybe a little bit of miraculous, God, I can, I've got the vision, I can see it, I'm blessed, and we stop there. But there's something that comes after, blessed is the man, and it's who does do something and doesn't do something else according to God's will and His plan for His life. So yes, I can be blessed, <laughs> there's no problem with that. Yes, I can live abundantly, yes, I can have provision, yes, I can have the miracle, but, it, but it's not just because I'm the man. It's because I do something with His truth. It's because I do something with His Word. God always blesses the man or the woman who does something in faith and obedience. God will always bless you when you, you act in obedience and faith to what He's asking of you. And blessing is always the result of righteous living. When we live right before God, we will be blessed. Proverbs 11, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. Integrity will lead you in life. If you are integrity, inte- integrity is who I am when no one's watching. Integrity is me being me, the God-created creature that God put on this planet and filled with His Spirit. When I am me and I'm true to me, and I don't live a duplicit lifestyle when I live this way today, and then tomorrow I'm living this way. When I, when I live with integrity, it guides me through life. And I, I've got predetermined decisions then that this is, I don't do this and I do do that. And it helps me. Living right before God just, just lightens my load and it makes it easier to live because there's just certain things I don't do and there's certain things I do do. And I don't even have to worry about it. So now that's a weight off and I just keep moving forward in life. And... Uh, But it says that a house divided against itself can't stand. If I am duplicit in thought or duplicit in emotions or duplicit in in actions, that eventually my life will crumble and fall. Because I don't know who I am. And I I don't know what I'm doing. But if I live with integrity, I want to encourage, we are that that men and women that live with integrity. Where our yes is yes and our no is no. There's some other big words in the Bible, yes and no. When, When I say yes, it means that I will do it. Not no, I won't do it. I said yes, but my head was shaking, so no. It's like, no, I told you I'd do that, so I'd do that. No, God, I did say yes to you. I did invite you into my life. I did make you my Lord and Savior, yes. And we kind of just got to get the yes. And, and my yes is yes. And if I say no, I don't mean yes. I mean no. I had a really bad headache. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't shake my head. You're all, there's, there's so many people in church today. Is this all right? Is this helping anyone? I know it's a bit deeper than we usually go, but I go, you know what? I, I feel like we're on the precipice of an opportunity from God to see our, our community impacted. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, God is, is testing us in the little before we get much. Because yeah. the, the word says, if you're faithful with little, I'll, I'll entrust you with much. And I feel like we're, on a, we're, we're standing on the edge of a day where there is a river that's starting to flow towards the house. And people will come in. And people will come in looking for truth and looking for salvation and looking for change and breakthrough. A day of new life which has de- been declared over the church. And, and I want to be ready for it. I want to have the strength and the internal fortitude to say, this is who I am. I am a man of God. I'm, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. And, and this is what we believe. And this is what we stand for. And this is what we'll sacrifice for. And this is what we'll do. Amen? Amen. And if I know anything this morning, it's that God is speaking to every person in the room. God will be speaking to you right now, clearly. You'll have questions in your head and God will be speaking to you. But, but I know this also, that not everybody will be hearing what God is saying. Because sometimes we don't want to listen. We don't want to hear. It, it is inconvenient. And it, it is costly. And the if and will of our lives will always determine whether we hear what God's saying. So I want to encourage us here this morning to get to a place where we make a, a decision... I have made Jesus the Lord of my life and as a result, I'll do what He asks. And when I'm walking down the street and I feel like He says, pay for this person's coffee or do this or do that, then I'll do it. When I feel like God calling me to pray for somebody or to text somebody, or, I'll do it. I literally, if you go through my phone, you will find 55 text messages a day because I feel like God just lays somebody on my heart and I just send them an encouraging text right. thinking of you, appreciate you, you're awesome. And it's the truth because I do I was thinking I genuinely appreciate them and then if I feel like sometimes God will let that lead into a word for them, or so, or something for me to specifically pray about for them and and then you see things happen you see things you know where where they come to church or they say would you come pray for me or would you do something I want to encourage you to ask God tomorrow morning when you wake up God what is it that you want me to do what do you want me to do today I'm going to the building site or I'm going to the bank or I'm going to wherever it is that you work. Say, God, what do you want me to do today? Whatever you ask, I'll do. Whatever you say, I'll be obedient to it. And I love it. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. God's provision will come. If my people who are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, I'll hear and I'll heal, heal their land. There's two sides of the if and will. And the if and will is God drawing close. And the if and will is His power being released. And I know that we can see, see amazing things, supernatural things come to our coast, touching lives, touching families, touching bodies, if we will simply go, okay, all right, God, you got this, I believe. And I just, like I read before, that He who would find His life, everybody's looking for something, searching for something, wanting something. If he lay down his life, he's going to find it. So if we'll surrender, if we'll bring the battle, God will do the rest. And I want to encourage you. You know, it says those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. You might go, I'm giving out and I'm giving out and giving out. But God goes, yeah, but I'm pouring out and I'm pouring out and I'm pouring out. You'll never run dry. You'll never burn out. You'll never be done with. I'm, I'm going to bring to you what you need to sustain you for what I'm calling you to do. we wait upon the Lord, He'll renew our strength. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 11, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. I want to encourage you, doing God's will, doing life God's way is not hard and there are rewards attached to it, and there's blessing attached to it, and it's, there's peace, and there's love, and, and I just love it. Be joyful. You know, yesterday I was, just, I was just pumped at Pancakes in the Park, just how much joy it not only brought to me, but it brought to other people doing a simple act, and how much their countenance changed. We started, met two guys from Melbourne, met two guys, you know, we met people from all over the country, then locals as well, but they started to smile when we did the simplest of things. What could you do this week to change a person's life? Because the Bible says we're salt and light. That we have inside of us all we need for somebody else's betterment. What could you do this week? Who could you smile at? Who could you bless? Who could you touch to glorify the name of Jesus? Amen? Why don't we stand at our feet? A little bit heavier today. Next time I'll get worked up and spit and and dance around and right. prophesy I think every now and then this kind of word helps us because it centers us back it calibrates us and go that's what it, that, that's right that's what it's all about the cross was for my salvation but then also my empowerment that I could go out and lead somebody else to Jesus and it, it's not about Pastor Melissa or Pastor Christian or Pastor Justin it's it's we are the Bible says we're all ministers we, 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 we all minister we can, we can preach through our actions and our words and our love. Laugh together. Mature in your faith. Read your word. And let, just just learn what it says for your life. And then go out and do something. Don't run from God like Jonah did because he'll get you there anyway. He'll get you back to that same place. You'll go around that mountain. You go around that mountain until you end up at that place anyway. it's like you know what i just want to expedite the process i just want to get there faster when god says do this, i just want to get there do what he says and then get on to the next thing but we felt the call to come here and we could have run from it and it took a few years of god speaking to us we thought no that's that's what god wants us to do he wants us in noosa to to bring his love to this region so we we stepped out and you know it's cost something some dollars some emotions some friends, some family it's cost, but you know what the, the, the benefit of doing it far outweighs anything that it's ever cost us because God's faithful so let me pray for you before we finish, we're going to sing a song but let me pray for you, Father I just thank you for our church for these people that stand before me today God I thank you for their hearts, I thank you for their sacrifice, I thank you for their faithfulness and their faith in you Lord God pour out the blessings of heaven over their world so it would flow through them into our community lord you said that you're building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. we just thank you god that you consider us worthy to be a part of the process that you would use us as as your weapons as your hands and feet in our community lord open heaven your word says that that you will pour out such blessings upon us god that we cannot contain it and i pray that our heart and mind would always be to let it flow and let it flow and let it flow. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, we'll just sing Where There Is Darkness. Here we go.